A private investigator's decision to return to his hometown, despite a promise not to, puts him on a crash course with his former friends and police colleagues. This is the premise of The Wrong Woman, the first novel by expat crime writer J.P. Pomare. Reed escaped both personal and professional scandals for a new life in the city. But ten years on, he's lured back to town to investigate an insurance claim linked to a suspicious fatal car accident. Brad Warrington reads from The Wrong Woman. Want to know my greatest strength? The fact that I possess a forgettable face. It's true. I swear. Just look at me. I am the human equivalent of a toast-sliced loaf of white bread. A caricaturist would struggle to find a single feature they could exaggerate on this head of mine. And quite frankly, I wouldn't have it any other way. Handsome men stand out, which means they can't do what I do. And men, unfortunate enough to be uglier than me, also tend to stand out. So here I am. Somewhere in the middle. Mercifully plain. Perfectly forgettable. My haircut is unremarkable, shortish, back and sides, and there's a hint of stubble on my cheeks. I keep fit, but not too muscular. Maybe one feature that is in any way distinctive is a slightly crooked nose, courtesy Ricky Olsen, 10th grade. It'll never be straight again. Well, Josh Pomeray is with us from his home in Melbourne. Kia ora, Josh. Kia ora, Lynn. Thanks for having me on. Look, it's a pleasure. I really enjoyed that um, that excerpt talking about Reed, his former police officer. Now, I won't ask you why he had to leave town, because that's a slow reveal in the novel. But tell us more about him and how he came to your imagination. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, I mean, it's pretty hard to talk about this book without um, revealing spoilers, because it's sort of... Uh, I tried to write with as much kind of intrigue and mystery around even the characters themselves, um, but... Uh, Reed is yeah he's an ex-cop he he sort of he was one of the rare characters that came to me fully formed um, and I couldn't really change him I didn't want to change him um, at all I didn't want to touch him I just wanted to kind of preserve him whole and put him in this world and, and see how he how he went um, so he's yeah he's returning to his hometown there's obviously uh, you know there's he's got issues there he's, he's stuck, he doesn't have any family anymore he doesn't really have any sort of um, connection to any place he's quite sort of transient um he just sort of survives I think he's my favorite character I've I've written too like I want to go back to him he's he's quite um he's got still got a lot of story left to tell as well so he's got um yeah there's there's quite a bit to him so no he's he was a great character to write and, and I think readers at the moment are pretty keen for me to come back to him at some stage I love it too. He talks about the life of a private investigator. He says, it isn't half as glamorous as blockbuster movies will have you believe. We pee in bottles. We go through trash. There's nothing romantic about it. And I thought that was really quite delightful. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I was reading a lot of, I guess when I was writing this, because it's a slight deviation from some of my earlier stuff, I think, um, in that it's probably more... Uh, crime you know it's much more of your traditional kind of detective fiction um and I was reading a lot of even even the likes of you know Naya Marsh um and and looking at her Alan Roderick Allen character as a um not not they're quite different actually he's quite different to read but I love the fact that he wasn't a genius you know like I I I, I, I sort of sometimes um view your Poirot's and um your Sherlock Holmes's and as almost cartoonish in their level of um, uh, 
investigative insights and this kind of you know this this canny sort of brilliance they have about them and I didn't want to write that I wanted to write a pretty realistic just a dogged kind of um, you know former cop who's got decent instincts but makes mistakes as well Um, and he is just that every man he's he's pretty frank about the realities of his job it doesn't pay particularly well Um, you know you sleep in your car uh, you have to do some things that are morally um, dubious. So, yeah, he was a good character. And I think that line, hopefully, um, that line in particular, hopefully really exemplifies his his view of his work as well. It really isn't glamorous. It's um, you get your hands dirty. He considers it a really kind of almost working class um, profession, but he's good at it and he's sort of made for it. And infinitely curious. So he comes to this town reluctantly for an insurance claim, you know, a well-paying, well-paying gig, which is what it would take to get him back there, uh, and ends up there are two missing girls. But I was also interested, Josh, in the twin towns. Is that an Aussie thing, Manson and Ethelton? Very different. Um, I mean, I, I think these kind of towns exist everywhere, but um, definitely, you know, in the States, I think in to some extent you can probably find analogues for them in, in Australia, but, um, you know, even Havelock North and Napier are, are so distinct as towns, but are quite close and, and Napier and Hastings again. Um, and, you know, so, so I was pretty interested in kind of uh, mining the tension, that kind of tension between um, the haves and have nots, but also, you know, places that are really working class, certainly in the States, um, that exist alongside places where the, the, the work's much more secure. And, um, you know, even in, in Manson, you know, the industries were sort of forestry um, and, uh, and like a, a coal fire power station. And, and so the two sort of twilight industries, less so, I guess, logging, but we're certainly seeing um, less of it these days, of course of climate change and things so I wanted to kind of prod at those sore points those sore spots between the two towns it's um yeah and I think I just called it the twin towns because I wanted to create some something somewhere purely fictional um it's not based necessarily on any two towns in particular but um yeah so just just sort of a general kind of um northeast American setting um but yeah well, I thought it was reflected also, Josh, actually, in your structure, because we've been talking about Reed, your detective, but we also hear from Ashana and then and now. Uh, so you've got these these twin narratives. So get to tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, so Ashana's another one of those characters that I um, fell in love with, and she's sort of, you know, this story is really different in the early stages, but the two characters that more or less remain the same was Ashana and, and Reed, and it's probably... Um, no surprise why they ended up as the two um, perspective characters. Uh, Shana's young and, well, she, she was young and quite sort of brilliant. And, um, and she, her, her mother, she's second, second generation immigrant. Her mother was a doctor, a GP. Um, she, did, she didn't know her father. And she sort of, she's going through life, uh, you know, quite happily. And, and she encounters this, um, man who she sort of falls in love with he's a little bit older and that sort of derails everything for her she sort of becomes a a wife um you know she sort of loses a bit of her own um identity to this this marriage that happens quite quickly um and so she's 
becomes quite given the nature of the way that the relationship starts she's quite sort of paranoid about um her marriage and her husband and suspicious and she she's sort of isolated because of moved to this new town and um it's sort of i think it's the perfect conditions for um someone to be one gaslit but two for someone to um become you know to sort of exist in their own head to the point that they're not entirely sure they can trust their own instincts anymore um and that and she doesn't really have any close friends in town so she's on the phone to friends and um yeah and she's also doesn't come from money so that was the other thing about ashana that i thought would be quite fun is her husband's quite wealthy um and she didn't come from money and so there's another kind of element to their relationship um you know uh you you get used to this lifestyle but it's not permanent in the sense that if your marriage breaks down you um you know you haven't really established your career because you've been dependent on this person for so long so there's lots going on in Ashana's life uh and she at the very beginning of the novel so this isn't a spoiler um she's driving the car that is uh, involved in an accident where her husband um dies and she's in a coma and Reed is the one who's investigating it um so yeah so they're, they're quite I think her perspective is really interesting and she was really fun a really fun character to write but so much of her story is in the past and the in the before narrative leading up to the accident big question but i've only got a minute or so for it but i really would love to know you mentioned before that reed came to you fully formed what about your story are you a writer of thrillers and crime where you need to have everything planned out every every twist and turn before you start writing or does it develop as you write yeah it's funny because this uh, this book in particular people keep you know, I, I sort of forget what it's um, what it's about. It's an odd thing. Um, I sort of, I think I imagine I'm no longer the the author of it when it goes out into the world, and that's a kind of way to insulate yourself from whatever reception it, it gets. I think it's just sort of a, I guess, a, a protective instinct, a self protective instinct. But um, so, I, so I did completely forget parts of this book, and I and I'm just listening to the audio book again just to remind myself because people keep saying, "Oh, what about all the twists and turns?" and Oh, like, oh, I love this twist or whatever. And um, and I think it's the same. I think how my twists work and how my plotting and structure kind of works is I, I just sit down to write and hopefully surprise myself. And I usually have the end in mind. And instead of following a, a map, so to speak, I'm sort of following a compass point. Um, so, so I'm always heading, say, north. Uh, but if I hit, you know, if I, if I, if there's an obstacle in the way, I get to a mountain, I'll go around and I'll take, and I'll follow, um, narrative sort of avenues any which way as long as uh, I'm still sort of heading in the same direction and, and what I mean by that is I generally have the ending in mind but um, I like to kind of fill it out as I write and just just let it all sort of come to me as I'm as I'm writing I'm not much of a plotter. It's a um, great read Josh thank you so much Josh Pomare Angamihi Nui thanks for telling us about your latest novel The Wrong Woman published by Hachette and uh, Josh is coming to New Zealand on a writer's tour.